as I was reading through our story for today from Genesis 37, the story of Joseph, uh, there was one verse that kept on coming to mind for me that I, I, I just couldn't get out of my head. And, and that was Romans 8.28, uh, a familiar passage probably to many of you. Uh, I would guess if there was a top 10 list of favorite Bible passages that this would consistently rank near the top. Uh, Romans 8.28 says, We know that all things work together for the good of those who love God, who are called according to his purposes. It's one of those verses maybe that someone has shared with you uh, in a time of difficulty, some sort of hardship or grief or loss, or, or maybe you've shared it with someone else as they were going through a difficult time to, to remind them that God works through all things, the really, really good things in life, uh, but also the really, really bad things. That God is in control and he's working all things together for the good of those who love him. Uh, This is one of those verses to me that I think most of us, maybe more than most verses, want to believe. We want to believe that this is true, don't we? Maybe even stronger than that, I I think it's a verse that many of us probably feel like we need it to be true in our lives. In order to make sense of the senseless violence and things we see, we need this to be true, that God would work through those things for our good somehow. We, we need this to be true, uh, to make uh, a purpose out of our hurts or to give meaning to our sufferings and our heartbreak. We need this verse to be true, that God would work through all things together for the good of those who love God, who are called according to his purposes. Uh, uh, the really neat thing about this verse is, and, and I know from talking with some of you, some of you have seen this come true, haven't you? Uh, You've seen just how how true this verse is. Maybe as you step back and reflect on your life, you've you've seen God keep this promise. You've seen him work through things, good things and bad things for your good. The the secret to it, though, is that it takes some time, doesn't it? Uh, Sometimes even years or decades uh, before you can ever see how God is going to use some really bad situation in your life and work through it for your good. Because when you're in the moment, what you tend to see is just the bad, Right? When you lose the job, all you see is the bad. You see the bills that are piling up and the responsibilities you have and the, the kids you have to feed. And it's hard to, to see in that moment, okay, how is God going to work through this for my good? This seems really bad. Or uh, when the diagnosis comes from the doctor, the, the one that you were dreading, all you see in that moment is the bad. You feel afraid and, and scared and alone and you have all of these questions and it seems impossible that God could work through something like this for my good. Or, or maybe after a relationship is ended, a, a messy breakup, okay, God, how are you going to work good from, from this mess in my life? But as you step back years, decades maybe, uh, sometimes, sometimes you get to see how God was working in those situations, right? Have you ever seen that before? How God was working through something bad? Like maybe you lost the job, which... Um, turned into five years of joblessness and worry and stress. But 20 years down the road, you can see, oh yeah, uh, God was working through that to bring me the job I have today and to teach me some lessons, maybe about faith and, and trust, whatever the case may be. Okay, God was working through that. Or after the doctor's diagnosis, it was painful, it was scary, it, it hurt. But years down the road, you can see, oh God, okay, God had his hand in that. Maybe uh, it meant you had to start taking your medicine like you were supposed to or eating healthy or exercising or, again, a, a spiritual lesson of faith or trust. God was there working through it. Even through the, the messy breakup, you can look back 50 years later and think, okay, that, that time my boyfriend or girlfriend broke up with me in high school wasn't the end of the world and I wouldn't have my spouse today if, if that wouldn't have happened. Sometimes we get to see this come true and it's really neat when we do. 
Uh, but a lot of times we don't, do we? I think there are more times when we don't see the end result. We don't have that perspective that God has. We, we don't get that insight. We don't exactly find out, okay, how is God going to work through this really bad thing in my life? All we see sometimes is the bad. I, I think about situations like my uncle. I, I might have talked about him before. He was an amazing man, a, a godly man, a Christian man who did all of this amazing Christian work for the Lord sharing the gospel. And five or six years ago now, he died. And I I can't here today, five years later, tell you what good God worked through that. Uh, All I see is the bad. I see a good man, a godly man, uh, who is doing amazing things, no longer here. Good Christian work, no longer being shared with the world. We don't always see it. Uh, Which is why I love how Paul puts it even more. Because he doesn't say, well, it it would sure be nice if God could work through all things for the good of those who love him? Or he doesn't say, man, I'm really hoping that God could work through all things for the good of those who love God. No, he says, we know, we are sure, we are confident that God will work all things together for the good of those who love him. Because that's God's promise. God has promised us that every situation in our life will be used by God some way for our good. It's an amazing promise. Uh, This was a promise that Joseph, who we read about today just briefly, that he knew. He trusted it. He hadn't read these words yet, uh, but he had faith that that God was working together through all things for the good of those who love him. Uh, We only read 11 verses of Joseph's story, but the story lasts 14 chapters. I did not think you would let me read 14 chapters today, so uh, I picked 11 to get us uh, started in the story. Uh, but many of you are familiar with the story or you've seen the Broadway musical, right? So so you know that, that Joseph had a far from perfect life. Uh, And we hear just the beginnings of it in the reading we read, right? Uh, Joseph, he is loved by his father, treated as special by his dad, which which only makes him be hated by his brothers. His his brothers are jealous uh, of him and these dreams he's having. Uh, And one day, after our reading for today, Joseph goes out into the fields to help his brothers, give him a hand with something, and his brothers capture him. And uh, they have this plan that they're going to throw him in the bottom of a pit and leave him for dead. Do you remember that part? And they're, they're willing to kill their brother in order to, to get rid of him. Uh, fortunately, some, one of the brothers kind of stands up and, and thinks better of this. And together they decide they're not going to kill their brother. They're going to sell him into slavery, which is kind of a win-win-win, right? Uh, they have no blood on their hands, uh, but they also get rid of their brother and maybe they make some money along with this. And so they sell him into slavery. And so for years, Joseph is languishing in slavery. All we know about Joseph is he seems to be a good and godly man trying to do the right thing, and yet here he is in in slavery. He finally works himself up, and he serves a man named Potiphar when he's accused falsely by Potiphar's wife of, of something he didn't do. So now he goes from slavery to prison, and he languishes in prison for a while. And, and, and I, I, I can't imagine what Joseph was thinking, right? Here he's trying to do the right thing, trying to be faithful uh, to his Lord and, and to his earthly master, and, and he keeps on getting the, the bad end of the deal. Nothing is going right. For 23 years, from 17 to 40, Joseph's life seems to be a wasted life, full of bad, nothing going well. Uh, but eventually, if you, you know the story, things begin to turn around, right? Uh, Pharaoh, the, the king of Egypt, he's been having these dreams that no one could interpret, and people have heard that, that Joseph's pretty good with dreams, and so Joseph interprets Pharaoh's dreams and finds out through those dreams there's going to be a famine across the whole known world, and, and he also finds out through those dreams 
uh, how to deal with that, how to make it through the famine. And so as, as a reward for this, uh, Pharaoh appoints Joseph to be second in command over the entire country. It's a, an amazing story of reconciliation and redemption for, for Joseph who had experienced the lowest of the lows and now is, is right there near the top. He's reunited with his dad who, who thought he was dead. Um, he's, he's reunited with his brothers and he forgives them. Uh, again, an amazing uh, example of grace and mercy, uh, Joseph welcoming in these brothers who had left him for dead and sold him into slavery. But at the very end of the story, there's this interesting encounter. Joseph's father, Jacob, dies. He's an old man. He goes to be with the Lord now. And so now Joseph's brothers are afraid because they know what they did uh, all those years ago, right? They know that they had sold him into slavery and talked about leaving him for dead at the bottom of a pit. And, and so now they're afraid. They're thinking, oh my goodness, maybe Joseph has only been nice to us and helped us because good old dad is around. And now that he's gone, what is Joseph going to do to us now? Maybe he's just been biding his time to take his revenge on us. And they're shaking in their boots. And so they come to Joseph uh, looking for some grace and some mercy to kind of plead their case before them. Uh, but this is what... Joseph says in response to his brothers, an amazing statement of faith. He says to his brothers, the ones who had abandoned him and sold him into slavery, he says this. He says, you planned evil against me, but God planned it for good in order to bring about the present result, the survival of many people. See, Joseph had this amazing faith in an amazing God he trusted and believed was able and strong enough to work through some really messy situations. Uh, Joseph believed in a God who was so in control that he could take all of the bad of Joseph's life and, and bring good about it. Not only his own good, not only his family's good, but, but the good of the survival of many people. Joseph believed in a God who is gracious enough, who is watching out for him and for the world to bring about their good. That's an amazing faith, isn't it? To, to be able to say, after everything that had happened to me, you planned this for evil, but God was planning it for good. He was working through the bad to bring about good for those who loved him. That's a, a Romans 8.28 kind of faith. Uh, when I was a, a child, I had some bad things happen to me too. I'm, I'm kind of nervous to talk about it because it involves my mom and uh, I don't ever want to speak bad about my mom and she's not here today, but we do post these online so she could uh, end up listening <laughs> one day. Uh, so I'm sorry, mom, <laughs> if you're out there. You see, when I, w- I was a child, uh, my mom tried to hurt me. Uh, I actually think now maybe she was trying to kill me and, and this wasn't uh, when I was a teenager, some rebellious, rambunctious teenager and might have deserved it. This was when I was a kid. I... Uh, my mom, every once in a while, on holidays, birthdays, sometimes just because, she would uh, tell me and my brothers that she was going to make us something delicious, you know, some special birthday treat. And uh, as a kid, I was excited to see what mom would, would make me. And I'd wait as patiently as I could. Eventually, I'd run into the kitchen, and she would have it all lined out in front of me, and I was so eager to try it. And what she had made for me was uh, a bowl full of uh, three or four raw eggs, uh, a half a cup of baking soda, uh, a teaspoon of cinnamon. And uh, as I looked at all those things that she had given me to eat, uh, I mean, it's obvious, right? She was trying to kill me. Uh, 
do you know what uh, raw eggs could do to a little boy? There's salmonella in there. I could have gotten seriously sick, maybe even died. Uh, a half a cup of baking soda, uh, sodium bicarbonate inside my, my body could have wreaked havoc on me. Even a, a teaspoon or a tablespoon of cinnamon, I, I could have choked on that. In fact, kids do, and they die. I mean, the only as obvious explanation, right, is that my mom was trying to kill me. Or maybe not. Uh, maybe what I needed was patience and trust, right? The, the patience to wait patiently for my mom to take all of those ingredients, some of which could have harmed me or maybe even killed me. I, I, I needed to wait for her to take those things and work them together into something for my good. I needed to trust that my mom had my good in mind, that she wasn't trying to hurt me or harm me, but that she wanted to give me something beautifully, wonderfully delicious, I'd wait and trust that mom would take all of those things and, and bake them into her delicious chocolate chip cookies or her, her mouth-watering birthday cake. Patience and trust. Because, you see, that's what God is doing for us with all of the ingredients of our lives. As we look at our lives and all of the ingredients, all of the moments and the situations that we find ourselves in, if we focus on one ingredient for too long, one situation, we might come to the conclusion that God is trying to kill us or, or that he wants to hurt us or harm us, but we need to patiently wait and trust that God is going to take all of those ingredients of our lives, all of those individual moments, as bad as they might be, and he will work them together for our good. We need to patiently wait on him and trust that we have a God who is working for our good through all of the ingredients of life. If you don't believe me, uh, just ask Joseph. He'll tell you. Uh, he was able to see how God worked in his life uh, through all of the bad, uh, through brothers that tried to kill him and false accusations and prison and slavery. God was working there for his good. If you don't believe me and if you don't believe Jesus or Joseph, then all you have to do really is look to the cross. Because there we see God taking the worst of the worst ingredients to bring about our good. He, he took a false accusation, a betrayal, a denial. He took mocking and ridicule, a crown of thorns and, and nails pierced into his hands. And he, he took all of those evil, bad, awful things and he worked them together for the survival of many people. For me and for you, on the cross, we look at the cross and we see a God who not only uh, can work all things, really bad things, evil things for our good, but, but we see a God who has done it. We look to a cross and, and we are reminded that God will continue to do it again. If he's done it before, he will surely keep his promise and do it again. If we focus too long on those individual ingredients of life, we might think that God is harming us or hurting us or maybe even trying to kill us, but when we look to the cross, we see the finished product <laughs> We see the, the good that God is able to do. And so as Christians, we, we trust that God is working through all things, the really, really good, but also the really, really bad, for the good of those who love him. In Jesus' name.